Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. 
DJ Well, we thought that things would work out in the end, but friends are not friends and enemies are so close to me. I don't know who you supposed to be. So contemplate that before approaching me. Hey, fool, run that shit the fuck back, man.
to the gods, speak to the goddesses. I would like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation. I am your host, so L, speaker of truth, L, speaker of truth, L. And I would like to thank you for joining us today. You're doing a lot, but nonetheless, you're here checking out the show, and I appreciate that. The foundation where we know that incorrect information, incorrectly applied, can get you hurt. Correct information, incorrectly applied, can get you hurt. We're looking to correctly apply information here on the foundation that is correct. Nonetheless, I'd like to start off by first and foremost saying all thanks, praises, and honors are due to the Creator and the ancestors. You know, without them, we would not be here at all. To my big brother, L. Shout out to the big brother, HighFrequencyRadioNetwork.com. Explored an air creator, you know. Always, always got to shout out that big brother. A plethora of knowledge is contained in that brother's head, in his mind, and spirit. You know, who knows if so L would be doing what he's doing? You know, what I'm doing if, uh, if it wasn't for to fail. So big up to the big brother. Network.com. Once again, welcome to the foundation.com. Welcome to the foundation.com. Just how it sounds. Go ahead and spell it out, type it in. Sign up for the email list. I'll be getting better at sending out stuff I would like to say if I do say so myself. You can also make a donation, schedule a consultation, find the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter um, pages, all that stuff on welcome to the foundation.com. A lot of PDFs. I like to think that, you know, the plethora of, of knowledge. But uh, hailed in comparison by, you know, highfrequencyradionetwork.com. I want to say peace to all the listeners. I want to say peace to all the live callers. Everyone that called in on the switchboard. Peace to all the live listeners on the internet. You know, checking out the show on the internet. Peace to you. I want to say peace to all the archive listeners. Luke. Understand uh, not everyone can catch the show live, you know, and I definitely want to say peace to the archive listeners. It really helps the numbers of the show, and I really, you know, appreciate it. Also, all the podcast listeners, MP3 listeners, people who are sharing MP3, sending the emails, so on and so forth, text messages, do your dance, continue. Thank you. Information is, you know, free. Essentially, let's fix that. I want to say peace to the trustees. You know, salute, definitely, and anyone investing in their private education, whether it be with, you know, high frequency, you know, the foundation, what have you. If you're investing in your private education on your own, definitely want to say peace to you. There's no reason not to. You just a pat on the back. Because, you know, honestly, that's how I got where I'm at. Best in my, in my private education. 
So big up, speak to you know anyone I've done business with in the private, anyone who you know has sent an email, anyone who's had a consultation, anyone who sent an email for well wishes, you know, a current event, people to vet on the current event. She always always takes care of me, or anyone who's otherwise added, you know, to the foundation. Peace to you. Peace to you know. The regular listeners, the regular callers, the regulars who press one, you know, beats you. And, you know, you may be listening to this, and I'm long gone, you know. Can't find me anywhere on the internet. You know, because, you know, this is archive stuff. This stuff's going to last for a long time. The internet, how you know how that is. So, you know, even if you caught this kind of late, you're not really, you know, able to get a hold of soap. The possibly you can use it, you know, PC, you guys. Keep searching, keep moving. And uh, you're going to get where you need to be, definitely. Definitely. And that's it. You know, I got to do my intro. But uh, I want to get moving, man, because I got a great show for y'all. I, I really feel like, you know, I did myself on this. So... With that being said, uh, here we go. We're going to get to the show. Let's start with these current events. Let's knock these out. Quiet this out. All right, here we go. So let's start with the, the Washington Post. 145 million Social Security numbers, 99 million addresses, and more. Every type of personal data Equifax lost to hackers by the numbers. So ever since Equifax lost, lost control of millions of social security numbers, driver's license numbers, names, dates of birth, and other sensitive personal information in a massive data breach last year, the credit reporting agency has gradually upped its estimates of the number of people affected. First, it was 143 million. Then it was 145 million. And finally, 147 million. But now... In a filing to the Securities and Exchange Commission on Monday, the company is offering its most detailed analysis to date, disclose, disclosing not only how many consumers it believes were hit, but also the breakdown of which types of information were most likely to have been lost. Although the report does not identify new or additional victims, it marks the first time Equifax has provided such granular detail about the scope of the compromised data. Names? Dates of birth and social security numbers were by far the most common type of data stolen by the attackers. Mailing addresses, phone numbers, and just under 2 million email addresses followed close behind. Roughly 209,000 credit card numbers and card expiration dates were taken. Beyond the information that was stored in those databases, Equifax said the hackers accessed thousands of images of official documents, such as government-issued IDs, that consumers had uploaded to the company to prove their identity. Photos of as many 38,000 driver's licenses and 12,000 social security or taxpayer ID cards were accessed, according to the SEC filing. More than 3,000 passports were also accessed, the company said. The numbers do not cover the thousands of Canadians and Britons who were affected by the breach. The report captures the collective damage dealt to consumers in the United States, and it suggests that many victims may have had multiple types of information stolen. I don't know if y'all are up or even remember that large data breach with regards to Equifax last year. But, you know, 
the full scope and detail of what exactly happened is just now starting to come into um, to view, and it's not too pretty. It really isn't. It's actually quite ugly. It's ugly. Moving forward, what we got here, CNBC, y'all want to double check, Amazon is showing what it's like to have a home completely controlled by Alexa. Y'all know what Alexa is. If you understand what Siri is, Alexa is Amazon answer to that. Um, Google has, hey, Google, I guess it didn't name Google's. But Amazon wants to show you how much you can rely on its Alexa voice assistant control um, to control everything in your home, from thermostats to TVs. The company announced today it's partnering with home builder Lennar to create Amazon experience centers, model homes containing built-in Alexa-controlled appliances, in hopes of persuading homeowners and home buyers to embed Amazon services into their houses. Lennar is outfitting model homes with TVs connected to Amazon's Fire TV systems, uh, buttons that can reorder goods from Amazon, and Alexa-enabled products that allow customers to control the lights, TV, shades, washer and dryer, and other appliances with their voices. Customers can tour the homes in the cities um, around the United States to get an idea of how they work. Apple has taken a similar approach and has already teamed with home builders to create model um, new homes with home kit ready products that can be controlled from an iPhone or an iPad with Apple's Siri Assistant. For Amazon, it's another example of how badly it wants to be in your home. Doing so lets it collect valuable data on how you purchase goods. Apple, Amazon, and Google are all racing to get smart assistants into your homes. Most households probably only have room for one of those, so getting customers into the ecosystem when they're buying a home might keep them for the long haul. So they're trying to get all this, you know, here you go. This AI is starting to be pushed into homes. Now, you know, necessarily too much talk about that stuff, but, you know, it's significant, and it just happens to be on the horizon as far as I'm concerned. What we got here? Moving forward, I just want to, you know, own Reuters. Reuters has this thing, the future of money, right? And it's going through all this stuff about cryptocurrency stuff. I just want to say this. I've been, I, I brush against cryptocurrencies ever now and again when it comes to, you know, broadcasting my teachings and with my clients and with, you know, the trustees who study under me and so on and so forth. And I look at it as a value, uh, a valuable and valid investment type asset investment now when it comes to you know uh, a holdings I don't really look at it as holdings unless you're looking at it as holdings and investments in particular nature is for, with regards to stocks you know buy hold short stop stuff like that but I mean bottom line cryptocurrencies aren't going anywhere so Novogratz teams up with Bloomberg on crypto index so Bloomberg's is going to do a crypto in- index. The New York Stock Exchange announced that it was going to offer uh, cryptocurrency futures. Indonesia looks to blockchain to fix its, fix its dodgy data challenges. So the blockchain is the technology that uh, cryptocurrencies, in, uh, in particular, Bitcoin, is um, built on top of. So blockchain technology. India's cryptocurrency investors bet trading will survive a bank ban because it India recently, the banks banned cryptocurrencies, but traders believe that, you know, it's going to be beyond that. Uh, we got aerospace suppliers looking to the blockchain for parts tracking. 
Uh, we got the insurer Beasley to launch a blockchain registry with Bitfury and Lloyd's of London's broker. Um, what else we got? U.S. judge. Nope, that's not it. What else we got? Gemini increases crypto trends, uh, cryptocurrency trading oversight with NASDAQ technology. UK energy supplier Centrica to trial blockchain technology. Revol- uh, Revolut becomes Britain's first digital bank unicorn based on blockchain te- technology. Jewelry companies team up with IBM on blockchain platform. An Iran cryptocurrency project on track despite central bank ban. So, I mean, this stuff is not going anywhere. And if you know, if you have the propensity and the capacity to look into this stuff, I suggest that you do. Also, if you have the foundation, you know, the foundational bedrock of your, as far as monetary assets are concerned, you know, I definitely recommend that you, you know, get into investments, whatever investment class that you're looking into, you know, whether it's businesses, whether it's property, <clears throat> whether it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, precious metals, classic cards, diamonds, emeralds, pearls, horses, I don't care what it is. That happens. Sorry about that. I uh, was kicked off. I had to, you know, connect back into the blog talk. But like I said, as long as you have, you know, an overall foundation with regards to your assets or your family, I don't see anything wrong with getting into investment. As far as an investment type uh, class of assets, cryptocurrencies, and I don't see them going anywhere. I actually see Bitcoin going back up. I see, you know, a lot of the other current cryptocurrencies going back up. And I also see, you know, companies, countries, and even, you know, central banks moving to blockchain type of technology. So, with that being said, I'm going to move forward. So, we got Tesla suppliers start to see higher volumes for Model 3 uh, production. So, basically, it's ramping up. Tesla CEO Elon Musk warned suppliers that the Model 3 program would be a rough one, but they are finally starting to see the light after months of delays. A report from the supply chain shows that some suppliers are now seeing high volumes from the EV program. J.L. Warren Capital, an equity firm based in China, tracking local suppliers, has seen encouraging signs in Tesla's supply chain. Suppliers for the electric vehicle makers more affordable sedan have started seeing increased orders, the research firm said in a note to clients. SAS Automotive, a German cockpit manufacturer and a similar with one plant in California, ordered 20,000 display screens for the Model 3 in May and 20,000 in June for a sole producer in China. According to the research firm, I'm sorry, from a, from a sole producer in China, the firm says that the supplier is preparing 58,000 vehicles during the third quarter, or about 5,000 per week, which is 
Tesla's projected project I'm sorry projected production exit rate in the second quarter. The Model 3 production ramp has suffered delays and it has been difficult on Tesla since they have invested in the production of 5,000 vehicles per week, but they have been falling short of that goal for months now. But it's also difficult on Tesla suppliers who have also invested in production capacity increases to respond to the demand. Last year, a Japanese supplier explained how Tesla was pushing them to develop new tools for mass production and the demand for Model 3 has uh, convinced suppliers to establish new production capacity around Fremont, where Tesla is producing the Model 3. Now, after being sold the idea that the vehicle will be produced by the thousands per week, they are finally starting to see some of the significant volume from Tesla. The company released an update on Model 3 production last week and said that they have been able to maintain a production rate of over 2,000 vehicles per week, and they see a clear path to 5,000 per week over the next two months. The Model 3 is made of over 10,000 unique parts, and according to the Model 3's um, sticker, 50% of the parts are from the United States and Canada, 25% from Mexico, and the rest are from around the world. If any of those parts do not make it to Tesla's Fremont factory in time, the vehicle can't be manufactured. So that's a good sign for Tesla. If you own any Tesla stock, I don't. You might if you do. Congratulations. Finally, and I'm going to get into the show, uh, Ohio is allowing testing of self-driving vehicles on a state road. Um, Ohio became the latest U.S. state to open its roads for testing of self-driving vehicles today in a boost to a nascent industry that is facing heightened security over safety concerns. The self-driving vehicles should meet safety requirements and comply with Ohio's traffic laws, Republican Governor John Kasich said in an executive order. Autonomous vehicle testing is also underway in Michigan, Pittsburgh, Arizona, and California. Calls for more regulation for companies developing self-driving cars followed the death of a woman in March after being hit by an Uber SUV in Arizona. The Ohio order mandates that self-driving vehicles register with Drive Ohio, created by Kasich, Kasich in January, and have designated operators to monitor the vehicle and report accidents. There you have it. That's what I got for you with regards to current events and news. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the foundation, y'all. I appreciate y'all checking out the show. 100%, don't you know. So on the topic of the show, which is currency versus money or public versus private. You understand what currency versus money is? You understand ultimately I'm talking about uh, public versus private or the meaning of exchange, whether it be private or public, with regards to commercial transaction or private transaction. Commercial transactions, those transactions having derived themselves or falling under the jurisdiction of a commercial authority, whether it be the state, secretary of state, comptroller, currency, so on and so forth. Private transactions, those transactions are falling under the the jurisdiction of a contract in the terms of the contracts that was executed between at least two parties so with regards to currency versus money 
I want to start off by reading what you might find kind of interesting that I would be reading such a thing. But I am what I would call a law nerd, a procedural law nerd. I'm really nerdy when it comes to law. I read a lot of stuff. I got a lot of books. You know, it is what it is. And those around me who are close to me understand this, and they leave me alone, and they're quiet. And I appreciate them for that when I'm reading, because I like to learn. But, you know, I do, I do, you know, peruse, and not to be so forward and use one of the useless words, Galavan across the, you know, <laughs> the different types of publications and, you know, drafts and legislation and so on and so forth when it comes to the United States. I'm interested in what's going on in the United States, whether I'm a private citizen or not, you know, whether I'm a private national or not. Uh, What happens with the United States does have vicariously an effect on me and therefore my family. So I'm very interested in what's going on with regards to the United States. So I happen to come across the 115th Congress uh, 2D session which is, you know, you can look this up. This is very recent. This is March 22nd, 2018. This is the House of Representatives of the United States Congress. This is H.R. 5404. This is still on the floor. I think it's getting voted through. I mean, it's going to get shot down. But I haven't, it's, it's been a while since I've, I've seen this on a state level. You know, it's been a while since I've seen this type of, you know, proposed legislation at the federal level. And this really caught my eye, and I definitely have to say something about this with regard to the foundation. Because this is a House resolution uh, proposal to define the dollar as a fixed weight of gold. Yet I, I, I paused. In the House of Representatives, March 22, 2018, Mr. Mooney of West Virginia introduced the following bill, which was referred to the Committee of Financial Services, a bill to define the dollar as a fixed weight of gold. Series, you can print this off from the United States government information, United States government print, printing. I mean, this is straight up from the this, hat, this is official. Be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled. Section one findings Congress finds the following one, the United States dollar has lost 30% of its purchasing power. Thousands, y'all hear what I'm saying. This is Congress. This, ain't, this isn't so. This is Congress saying this. Congress has found the United States dollar has lost 30% of its purchasing power since 2000. It's in 18 years. And 96% of its purchasing power since the end of the gold standard in 1913. Two, under the Federal Reserve's 2% inflation objective, y'all know I'll be talking about this 2% inflation. This thing, oh, this, this thing bothers me. The dollar loses half of its purchasing power every generation for 35 years. Three, American families need long-term price stability to meet their household spending needs, save money, and plan for retirement. Four, the Federal Reserve policy of long-term inflation has made American manufacturing uncompetitive, raising the cost of United States manufactured goods by more than 40% since 2000, compared to less than 20% in Germany and France. So Germany and France is whooping us as far as the the cost of manufactured goods. Five, between 2000 and 2010, the United States manufacturing employment shrunk by one-third after after holding steady for 30 years and nearly 20 million jobs. 20 million. 
Same. Same. So like pretty much six million manufacturing jobs. That's a third. A little more than six million. Six, the American economy needs a stable dollar, fixed exchange rates, and money supply controlled by the market, not the government. Seven, the gold standard puts control of the money supply with the market instead of the Federal Reserve. Eight, the gold standard means legal tender defined by a convertible, but defined by and convertible into a certain quantity of gold. Nine, under the gold standard through 1913, the United States economy grew at an annual average of 4%, one-third larger than the growth rate since then and twice the level since 2000. Ten, then the international gold exchange standard from 1914 to 1971 did not provide for a United States dollar converted into gold and therefore helped cause the Great Depression and stagflation. Eleven, the Federal Reserve's trickle-down policy of expanding the money supply with no demand for it has enriched the owners of financial assets but endangered the jobs, wages, and savings of blue-collar workers. And twelve, Restoring American middle-class prosperity requires change in monetary policy authorized to Congress in Article I, Section 8, Clause 5 of the, clause of the Constitution. Section 2, define the dollar in terms of gold. Effective 30 months after the date of enacted of this act. Now, I had to shepherdize and make sure you can see if this was enacted, if it's on track to be enacted, if it was shot down. But effective 30 months after the date of enactment of this act, one, the Secretary of the Treasury shall define the dollar in terms of a fixed weight of gold based on that day's closing market price of gold. And two, Federal Reserve banks shall make Federal Reserve notes exchangeable with gold at statutory gold definition of the dollar. Section three, disclosure of holding. During the 30-month period following the date of enactment of this act, the United States government shall take timely and reasonable steps to disclose all of its holdings of gold together with a contemplation. I'm sorry, with a contemporaneous report of any United States governmental purchases or sales, thus enhancing the ability of the market and of market participants to arrive at the fixed dollar gold parity in an orderly fashion. I don't know if y'all understand what I just read. I know I understand what I just read. Um, If this goes through, like I said, I got to check. I haven't checked. I've been busy. uh, One of my family members had a, a recent birthday or what I like to call a new year. But um, I haven't really checked and haven't really really paid attention to this for the last couple of weeks or something, you know. But if this is going to happen, if this happens in 30 months, it's going to change fundamentally um, our system of economics in in the United States. And 30 months is not that long. 30 months is actually very fast. Uh, I'm concerned. I've seen this coming for years. Part of the reason why I do the foundation is to educate my people and educate people of what's coming up. And there's going to be a transfer of wealth, and it's going to be crazy. And there's going to put a lot of poor people in the poorer house. And it's going to put a lot of rich people in the poor house and wealthy people in the poor house. And it's going to put a lot of poor people in the wealthy house and a lot of you know middle class people in the wealthy house. It's going to, there's going to be a lot of moving around. And if you don't know what's going on, you're going to get caught up in it. All right? So with regards to that, I want to tell you, let's talk about currency versus money real quick. And I, I know a lot of you understand this. I just want to get into it. 
<clears throat> President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's 1933 executive order outlawing the private ownership of gold in the United States was arguably unconstitutional. But why did he do it? Many historians and economists point to efforts to get the economy moving again as the reason, theory being that people were hoarding gold and the velocity of money in circulation needed to be sped up. During the 1800s, paper money was suspect in the eyes of many. Nobody would ever choose a government-issued $20 note over a $20 coin. Gradually, during the late 1800s and early 1900s, confidence in government paper increased to a point where it was widely accepted. People accepted the money because they felt confident they could exchange it at the U.S. Treasury or any Federal Reserve Bank for gold at any time. It even said so on the notes. Without the gold exchange clauses printed directly on the notes, the public would have been much less likely to accept them. Silver certificates in the United States notes circulated alongside gold certificates, which were legally inter- interchangeable dollar for dollar. So what was going on is you got you got a note. So you got to understand the difference between what a note is, okay? So a note is a promise to pay. So if you got a silver certificate, that's still a note, I don't care. But it's backed by gold. And how you discharge that note is when you hand it to the, to the teller at the bank or the Federal Reserve or whatever, and they would hand you an ounce of gold, and that note would be destroyed, all right? And you would get your gold, and that was you discharged the obligation of that note. And these, these notes were silver certificates, essentially. They weren't no, known as Federal Reserve notes. You pull out a, a dollar bill or a 20 or 50, it says Federal Reserve note on it. But these notes, specifically are silver certificates, which I'm actually physically holding in my hand right now, and this series is uh, 1957. So that was up until 1970-something, 75 or something. Uh, I think Nixon closed the gold window. And officially forever. And then there was, you know, some crazy stuff, you know, with the, the economics in the 70s, in the late 70s, mid-late 70s. And, you know, some of the people who, you know, are old enough to remember that, remember that, and then others, you know, like myself who studied economics over, you know, years, you know, are familiar with it. But this service certificate, it says service certificate on the top. In the traditional place where it says Federal Reserve note on the notes that we use today, it says this certifies that there is on deposit in the Treasury of the United States of America. Okay, so you know on the top of the note it says United States of America. So in between where it says Federal Reserve note on top of there and the United States of America in all capital letters, it says on this certificate, this certifies that there is on deposit in the Treasury of the United States of America. One dollar, not under George Washington, because this is a silver certificate. One dollar in silver, payable to the bearer on demand. But what happened was Franklin Delano Roosevelt issued an order, an executive order in 1933, which just so happened to be 20 years after the Federal Reserve introduced, uh, I'm sorry, the IRS introduced the 1040 and the 1041 returns. But basically, he confiscated uh, gold. He issued an executive order that confiscated all the gold. And why did he do that? Well, some would say that he did that because the United States or the, you know, had issued more notes than they could you know, discharge. So they needed to confiscate the people's gold. In essence, you know, my mentor says the United States wanted to manipulate the purchasing power of the dollar. Both answers, in my opinion, are correct. 
either way it was a problem because they had issued too many notes and they didn't have the proper collateral to back it to discharge those notes, the obligation of those notes to be more specific. In 1913, the Federal Reserve Bank was established. And in 1933, there was an executive order outlawing the private ownership of gold. So nearing the history of the United States, these notes were backed by gold and silver. You know, $1 certificate or $1 was one ounce of silver. And one ounce of gold was $50. You know, and honestly, an ounce of gold can really today purchase the same things it could purchase 100 years ago. But $100, a Federal Reserve note from 80 years ago, doesn't have the same purchasing power. Why? Because that, that value of that currency has been depreciated over time through the manipulation of the Federal Reserve. So they wanted to manipulate the purchasing power price of the dollar. So they, they issued Federal Reserve notes, and for every one certificate, you would get two Federal Reserve notes. And that's not a talk about as soon as they finished that, they revalued gold at like almost uh, 80% higher or something like that. And, you know, basically they shorted the people. But bottom line is, once you're dealing in notes, and notes that are not redeemable for any type of monetary asset, you're dealing with currency. You're dealing with fiat currency, more specifically. And there's two types of, there's two sets of financial information in this country. If you make a certain amount of money, you get one set of information. All, everyone else gets, you know, what they want you to know, the public set of financials. So we're always taught to save, 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 but we're not taught what to save in. So we saving in Federal Reserve notes, appreciating assets, lost 30% of its value since 2000. That's 18 years. That's less than a generation. And the Congress says a generation is 35 years. But in 2000, I think gold was around $300. And right now, gold's over $1,300. And that's my point. When you're dealing with inflation, when you're dealing with price changes, when something gets more expensive, it's not getting more expensive. The currency that you're holding is worth less. So you need more of that same currency to get the same goods and services that you've been getting since you've been getting them. Milk is still milk. A gallon of milk is still a gallon of milk, man. A loaf of bread is still a loaf of bread. I know, you know, I got I got ancestors. <laughs> I'm serious, you know, but I got elders in my family. But they talk about gas at 17 cents a gallon, and now what? Now it fluctuates between three and four dollars, and that's when 17 cents was 17 coppers, like 100% copper. Now pennies aren't even 100% copper, and it took 100 coppers, 100 cents to get one dollar or one ounce of gold. You can trade one. 100 coppers and maybe a couple extra coppers, and you would get a silver, an ounce of silver. So 17% of $1 could get you a gallon of gas. Now it takes you four or $5 to get that same gallon of gas. It's still the same gas. It's just the currency that is being held is depreciated. So they teach us save, save, save. Well, we're going to save ourselves into poverty, and that's what's been happening. 
That's what you've been doing. That's what I've been doing. That's what my, my father, my mother, that's what all of my ancestors, so back to, you know, so-called sharecropping time or whatever, have been doing over and over, saving ourselves in the poverty. Purchase, you know, a 401k, put it in the stock market. So when the dollar crashes, stock market crashes, everything crashes, we lose everything. We have no retirement. We have no funds to retire on. We have to get back into the workforce. We have to depend on Social Security, which is being cut. We have to depend on these things because we're dealing with one set of financial information, the, the set of financial information that is given to the uninformed. You either come from an informed family or uninformed family, and that's bottom line what it is. So you're dealing with assets that depreciate. We're taught to purchase assets that depreciate. When we purchase a car, we drive it out the lot. It depreciates. When we purchase clothes, we get a hole in it. It's not worth $50 for when you bought it. You'll never get that $50 again. Whereas those in the know, those who come from informed families are taught where to put their currency to make it last longer than the currency itself and how to make their currency and their essentially their energy, which is converted to currency, work for them instead of working for your currency. In 1913, the Federal Reserve Bank was established and began issuing Federal Reserve notes the following year. Once free of the restrictions imposed by limitation of available, available physical gold for coinage, the quantity of dollars in circulation increased dramatically. The increase was mostly in the form of paper money, not actual gold and silver or specie. You also look at the word specie in a law dictionary. It's S-P-E-C-I-E. The, <coughs> excuse me. The result was an economic boom also known as the Roaring Twenties. If you do any type of study, and if you study law, you have to study history because law and history go together. You can't study history without studying law, and you can't study law without studying history. Because if you study history, you'd be like, dang, what happened? Why'd they do that? Well, you got to study the laws and the treaties and the customs to understand why they did that. So the economic boom of the Roaring Twenties, it was 1923 to 1929. It was only six years, really. But like an artificially induced stimulus, it came to a crash in the fall of 1929. The burden of overextended credit was the culprit. Prior to the formation of the Federal Reserve, money in circulation consisted of copper, silver, and gold coins. United States notes, silver certificates, and gold certificates. All of these were non-interest bearing, were issued directly by the United States Treasury, and did not have any debt associated with their issuance. Notes issued by the Federal Reserve, however, were generally lent out with interest due. So for every Federal Reserve dollar in circulation, somebody needed that dollar to pay off a debt. During the Warring Twenties, a lot of people took on debt, resulting in a great credit expansion. When only physical gold and silver was used as money, institutions were very cautious about lending it out because of if a debtor defaulted, the creditor would be out of some serious sound money, you know, like that real money, that gold and silver. But with the advent of Federal Reserve notes, the bank was more willing to lend, and with easier qualifica- uh, qualification terms, people stepped up to the window. The increased willingness to lend was due to the fact that the item being lent out was just a piece of replaceable paper, not a hard-to-get piece of gold. Sure, the notes said redeemable in gold, otherwise they might not have um, been used in commerce, but few members of the public actually exchanged such notes for actual gold. 
and thus the Federal Reserve was free to lend out almost at will with little regard for loan loss. When the interest burden of all the new credit, okay, so we're dealing with, so let me, let me back up a little bit. So, so there were silver certificates, gold certificates, uh, United States notes, which you could use the United States notes and get silver or gold. And there were U.S. Treasury notes. And there were Federal Reserve notes. Now, the Federal Reserve's notes were being lent out. So they came with, you know, interest. But they were looked at as equivalent because you could still cash them in and get silver and gold for them. But most people weren't doing that. When the interest burden of all the new credit began to weigh more heavily on the general economy, now you understand a lot of people are running around with Federal Reserve notes. They don't actually have money. They have Federal Reserve notes. And the Roaring Twenties was a bunch of people running around with Federal Reserve notes like they were like they really had money and they didn't. And that was the start of the or, you know the start of the ending. So when the interest burden of all the new credit began to weigh more heavily on the general economy. The inevitable credit contraction led to a stock market crash in the Great Depression. Everyone was suddenly reluctant to borrow. Banks were reluctant to lend, and the velocity of money in circulation slowed to a crawl. The financial footing of the United States became shaky. European countries, which were holding substantial qualities of U.S. gold clause notes, began presenting them to exchange for physical gold. The U.S. government's fixed price of gold at $20.67 per troy ounce had been in effect for some time. But as the Great Depression deepened, the free market price of gold started creeping up above that. This was an indication that confidence in the gold clause notes was starting to wane. A gold run on the Federal Reserve Bank was imminent, and that was something that couldn't be tolerated. And the reason that the gold run couldn't be tolerated is that neither the Federal Reserve nor the U.S. Treasury had anywhere near enough gold to back all the gold certificates and Federal Reserve notes that were in circulation. And printing more of these notes would only erode confidence in them even further. The gold fractional reserve system was at the end of the road. This is a typical gold exchange clause um, found on um, gold certificates where we'll say this certifies um, that there has been deposited in the Treasury of the United States of America, $50 in gold coin, payable to the bearer on demand. The total numbers of various notes issues are available from a number of sources. The appendix shows dated in two books, the Standard Handbook of the United States Paper Money, 6th edition, by Chuck O'Donnell, and the Comprehensive Catalog of U.S. Paper Money, 1981 edition, by Gene Hessler. To calculate the total face value of the all gold clause notes in circulation, it is necessary to know how many were issued and how many may have still been around in 1933. Quantities of pre-1905 gold certificates were relatively small, and most would have been redeemed and replaced with new notes before 1933. The number of notes issued is known. The number surviving in 1933 can only be estimated. Uh, records indicate that the total gold reserves of the country in 1933 were $4 billion worth. At $20.67 per troy ounce, that equates to about 6,000 metric tons of gold. The total face value of U.S. Treasury gold certificates issued from 1905 to 1928 equates to more than 16,000 metric tons of gold. Taking the generous assumption that the U.S. Treasury did not issue more gold certificates than they had gold back to them, we would then 
mean that only 37.5% of all 1905 to 1928 gold certificates were still outstanding in 1933. In other words, if 37.5% of all gold certificates were still outstanding in 1933, the U.S. Treasury would have just enough to go to back them. Um, the total face value of gold clause Federal Reserve notes issued prior to 1933 was equivalent to nearly 54,000 metric tons of gold. If 75% of them were outstanding in 1933, that would still be 40,500 metric tons of gold that the Federal Reserve Bank and the United States Treasury did not have. Even taking the extremely low estimate of 37.5% of Federal Reserve notes remaining, that would still be over 20,000 metric tons of gold. With the U.F. gold reserves at 6,000, this would be a shortfall of 14,000 tons. But those 6,000 tons were needed to cover the United States Treasury gold certificate. So at a very minimum, Federal Reserve notes to the tune of 20,000 metric tons of gold were still circulating naked in 1933. During a fireside chat on 7th of May, 1933, Franklin Roosevelt basically admitted that the gold clause obligations far exceeded the amount of gold held by the U.S. Treasury and Federal Reserve. In fact, the total gold obligations far exceeded the amount of gold in the entire world, not even counting corporate, ob um, corporate gold obligations. Behind government currencies, we have, in addition to the promise to pay, a reserve of gold so small, a reserve of silver, neither of them anything like the total amount of currency. So this is a quote of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He said that. So maybe this brings into, you know, perspective and brings into focus, you know, what we're dealing with. And honestly, you know, we're dealing with the aftermath of these policies, the aftermath of these resolutions, the aftermath of these complications. So now, what is real money? Gold and silver. So it was, it was illegal in the United States to private, privately hoard gold and silver up until 1985. What happened in 1985? Well, I'm going to tell you. After the Gold Compensation Act in 1933, the wealthy in this country were taking their money and using it to purchase gold and silver in other jurisdictions, in different countries. When the United States really realized, you know, it was after the the recession in the 70s, I don't know if you know, but I've seen, you know, old TV shows and commercials where, you know, the gas gas lines, the gas stations were long all the way down the road and stuff. There was, you know, there was problems. And after that 70s, there was a committee that was put together to help reevaluate and re-stimulate the economy. And what they came back with is they said due to this confiscation clause the wealthy in this country are allowing their wealth to leave this country because they're not holding gold and silver because they know that it's illegal to privately hold gold hoard gold and silver now the wealthy know we understand what real money is but we don't save in currency we save in real money so if it's privately if it's if it's illegal to privately hold or hoard money in the United States, well, I'm just going to do it with a trust 
an entity recognized to do business in over 120 countries in a different country. It was going to hold it in the name of a trust in another country, and that's what the wealthy were doing. So when the committee came back, they came back, and they said, you know, there's, a, there's this large exodus of money leaving the country due to that. So what happened is in 1984, the IRS proposed legislation to Congress that would designate coins minted by the United States government to be numismatic coins. And that numismatic coins would be non-confiscatable. This is the Internal Revenue Service. This was in 1984. The following year, in 1985, the American Eagle Gold Coin Program was legislated. And shortly after that, the American Eagle Silver Coin Program was legislated. Now, these are the only programs in the United States that are not funded by taxpayer dollars. The only one. Because they understood that the, the elite and the wealthy in this country, their money was leaving this country. Because we understand that we're not going to save in dollars-nominated assets, stocks, bonds, IRAs that are denominated in stocks or bonds or treasury bonds or any of that stuff. Because we understand and can see the manipulation of this currency, and we see it going back over 100 years. So we don't deal with this stuff. So the American Eagle gold and silver coin programs were enacted. And Congress, when they enacted these legislations, and you can look this up, 1985, American Eagle, gold and silver coin program, Congress designated these coins numismatic. Why did they do that? Well, those who know and understand, they see these two moves, the one, IRS proposing numismatic coins as non-confiscatable, and then two, the uh, Congress goes ahead and legislates the enactment of a program, the American Eagle Gold and Silver Coin Program, and then designates these coins numismatic, when the IRS already said that the numismatic coins are non-confiscatable. Now, Congress has only designated the American Eagle coin, gold and silver, as numismatic, and no, nothing else. So these are non-confiscatable. So when, when we were dealing with Federal Reserve notes, we were dealing with silver certificates and gold certificates, I need you to understand this. You could take a dollar which was a silver certificate, you can walk to the, a Federal Reserve Bank or the United States Treasury, bring it to the window, give it to them, and they would hand you back an ounce of silver, $1. Right now, silver priced in Federal Reserve notes, which is manipulated, is over $16.5. That's not including spot price. And depending on your jurisdiction, it's not including tax. So you're lucky if you get out the door with an ounce of silver today, giving them $21. You're lucky. So from $1, you get an ounce of silver, to now over $20 to get an ounce of silver. You understand? $50 would give you an ounce of gold. Now, right now, it's over $1,300 that will give you an ounce of gold. $20.67 is what the United States valued gold at at the time of the Confiscation Act. It is now worth over 
$1,300, according to the London Fix. Fix. According to the London, the historic London Fix, valued in a inflationary, deflationary, manipulated currency. Do you understand the disparity? Please understand the disparity. For anyone who had, <clears throat> let's say, if you had ten thousand dollars in nineteen thirty three in gold, how much that will be worth in Federal Reserve notes today? This is why you need to understand what real money is. Currency is just paper. It's not money. If you if there is no intrinsic value, which means it's not worth the value of the note is not worth the paper it's printed on. The value of gold is worth, of the coin is worth because it's made out of gold. The value of the silver coin or the silver bar is because it's made out of silver. That's what gives the bar value. That's what gives the coin value. Intrinsically, because the composition, the compositional makeup is actually a precious metal, a commodity, something that is valuable. I was studying um, some, you know, the Roman army. Don't get mad at me. Study, you know, you got to study everything. But they were paying their soldiers in salt. That was money. Salt was used before refrigeration to cure and prolong the life of meat. And it it was heavily, your family was heavily dependent on how long your food was going to last. How many goats did you have? How many could you slaughter? How many could you eat before you had no more goats and your families are hungry? So what is money? Gold and silver, anything with tangible uh, value. Classic cars that gain value. You can buy one for five Gs, put two, three, four thousand dollars into it and sell it for fifteen thousand. You know, the classic car. There's people who are interested in that, whether it's nostalgia or their dad had one, their, their uncle, Renoir's, Picasso's, these types of, you know, collectible art. This is money. You buy one for a million, sit on it for a few years, don't show it to anybody, don't let any of the magazines take pictures of it, people miss it, and then once it comes on, people hear whispers of it being for sale, you put it up for auction and let these fools battle it out with their ego and their little paddles and all this stuff. It's it's money. You're going to get money. Diamonds, emeralds, pearls, land, mineral rights, businesses. Don't sleep on businesses. Businesses are money. The right type of property is money. But what is currency? Currency is a medium of exchange in place of money that takes the place of money instead of money in contradistinction to money. It is backed by a government. Governments rise and fall through the ages. Gold and silver is going to stay. Art is going to stay. People's particular tastes, depending on how they grew up or what they find nostalgia, is going to stay. I know you're wondering this, and I want to drop a jewel if I haven't already. Um, so when I was speaking on American Eagle uh, gold and silver coins, they're the only legally held asset that you can hold in your retirement. That's right. 
I said it. So if you have a 401k, if you have an individual retirement account or an IRA or something like that, if you can, a lot of them, you know, some of them you can't, you have no control. But if you're able to self-direct the investment, which means you can kind of have, have a say in what stocks and what stuff is picked, you can actually purchase gold and silver coins and have it being held by a third-party depository. And the IRS will recognize that within, you know, that particular retirement account, whether it's a 401k or whatever, because they understand what real money is. Now, you want to be particular when you cause with regards to taking disbursements from these accounts, because you're still, you're, that's still in the public, unless it's assigned to a trust or something. But you know, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of advanced. And I like to keep it foundational with this show. But we need to understand what real money is. If you got retirement, you got a savings account, and the savings account, the, the numbers in there represent Federal Reserve notes. It's You're playing yourself. Please, family, please stop it. You know? If you, if you think you're saving for retirement, if you think you're saving for, you know, anything significant in the long term, you're playing yourself. And it's it's... On purpose, it's engineered. Don't feel bad about it. It's the way it's set up. It's evil genius. Help but marvel at it once you can truly see what it is, whether you like it or not. It's amazing. So it's not anything to say about your intelligence or how smart you are or how stupid you are or nothing like that. It's a complete setup down to them putting what you think is your name on a state-created entity and you doing business with that and no one telling you anything better and getting taxed as an individual. Oh, it's the straw man. It's the debtor. It's the suspect fool. It's an individual. You understand what an individual is? It all comes down to the taxes and the tax return and your debtor or your straw or whatever. files an individual return. So all these paper savings, the Federal Reserve notes, the stock, you know, the, the stocks, even if you think you own gold, you got gold stocks, that ain't gold, that's gold futures. Those are contracts. Oh, I got a portfolio, and 10% of my portfolio at Fidelity at Charles Schwab is in gold and silver. Fool, that's not gold and silver. That's gold and silver futures, man. Those are futures contracts. Try to get the actual gold and silver from your broker and see what happens. At some point in time, this currency is going to get weird. These Federal Reserve notes are going to get weird. If you can't tell, it's already getting weird. If you can't tell, if you can't feel it, you know, just kind of pick up on something's weird in the air. If you just can't put your finger on it, it's 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 getting weird. It's getting really weird. It's getting weird. And the overall economy has a lot of indications in, in uh what would we call melting up before a meltdown. And you got to take your position. You have to take your position. If you have a savings account, you need to cash that savings account out, take the cash, precious metals dealer locally, and buy everything you can, silver and gold. Still a savings, bring it back. Don't tell anybody you have it. Get it safe. Bury it. Put it at your grandma's house. Put it in a safe deposit box. Actually, I wouldn't recommend that, but you can do it. 
there's still savings. Whenever you need it, you can go and sell it back. And more often than not, when you go sell it back, it's going to be worth more than when you bought it. It's still savings. It's true savings. What we're doing right now is a joke. It's a trick, and it's not even funny. And it's mean because it's theft of energy. It's theft of life. And I, I, I definitely, if you can't tell, over the years, I have a very serious issue with this. This is one of my biggest pet peeves is this system that they got to set up in. And it pains me to watch my people deal with this and go through this. So I want you to know what real money is, ultimately and honestly. Real money is gold and silver. What does the Constitution say real money is? Read it. It'll tell you. Congress was given the right to coin money. Federal Reserve is creating uh, currency. People can say it's, it's unconstitutional, whatever, man. It's not money. It's not Congress. The Federal printing money. It's printing currency. That's part of the trick too. They play word games and stuff, and get you mad and, and get us on this this whole, you know, upset bandwagon over something that really don't really honestly don't make no sense. Because it's not it's not illegal. Federal Reserve can print currency all at once. It's not against the Constitution either, because they're not coining money. This is currency. This is fiat. So if you understand, you get the gist of it. Currency is public. Money is private. Now, can you use public instruments to, to, to get your hands on private property? It all, I guess it all depends on the two individuals contracting. So if you walk into a pawn shop or whatever, and you know, you, oh, I like this, this necklace or whatever, and you pull out Federal Reserve notes and they're willing to accept it, so now the question that answers that question would be a resounding yes. Every single time I exchange this paper currency for actual gold and silver, I get like a like a rush or something. It is crazy to me. The world is crazy though. The world is completely backwards. And as I shift and become more in tune with nature and natural law, myself, my creator, my ancestors, the more, you know, when I look outside, everything just looks crazy and really weird. But the understanding of what is real and what is not. Are you going down the rabbit hole or are you not? And even in, you know, those movies they was making in the 30s, they, you know, Dorothy followed the yellow brick road. Or are you going to ride the greenbacks? I'm going to follow a yellow brick road. And there's, you know, there's subtle ways that we're being noticed. But they're so subtle, most of us can't see. And I just want to be real. This is March 22nd, 2018. This is a bill to, to define the dollar as a fixed weight of gold. If that happens... Please understand, it would not be the Federal Reserve note dollar. This is Congress. And please understand that these Federal Reserve notes are going to crash. 
if this happens. Like the stock market. It's going to crash like the stock market. Ain't nobody going to want your Federal Reserve notes, man. Ain't nobody going to want your card. Ain't nobody going to want your black card. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to want it. And then where will you be? I'm going to go to the phone lines here. I'm coming up on just under 12 minutes left in the show. I'm going to stream a little bit. If you're listening online, you're going to want to call in 424-222-5250. Otherwise, you will be disconnected from the show in about 10 minutes. Once again, 424-222-5250 is the number to call. You can press 1 to get into the call queue. That lets me know that you want to come in. You have something to say. I'll bring you in. Peace you up. We can holler. And we can continue to lay this foundation. You know, I feel like, you know, maybe the last couple shows or so, you know, I don't feel like necessarily I've been on a negative vibe, you know, but I feel like maybe I'm, I'm, I don't want to turn into one of those gloom and doom type writers or speakers or whatever, because I'm really not, I'm, I, I'm generally a happy individual, a very, very happy man, I like to laugh, I like to joke, I like to crack jokes, I like to troll people, and mess with people and upset them and watch their facial expressions and laugh at them. You know, people say, oh, that's mean, but it's only really people who understand and not, you know, consent and, you know, eventually you ultimately realize that, you know, maybe you're taking yourself too seriously and most people end up laughing with me. And I don't mean to do be, you know, all doomy and gloomy. But, you know, with the advent of what's going on, especially, you know, Trump just pulled out of the, the, the Iran deal. I mean, I don't know, but I guess, you know, the stuff in North Korea is doing pretty well. But as far as its currency goes, as far as the Federal Reserve goes, as far as, you know, the deficit of the United States and, you know, how it's just compounding, I mean, this is, it's eventually going to come to an end, hopefully later than sooner, but we all have a better chance and more time to get into a position where our foundation is established. We're not, we're not dependent on state-created entities to provide us sustenance. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I want for all of us. All right, 424-222-5250. Let's go to the phone lines. First caller, 347-0529. Caller, 347-0529. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? What's the deal? What's the deal? Peace community. Peace, Brother Saltel. This is to see that. I was listening to the show. I am so glad that you told the community, our kings and queens, we got less than three years to get it together. As a matter of fact, we're looking at maybe 24, maybe 30 months, like you said. That's less than two. You figure two years. I made a conscious decision after I spoke to you last week to dip into my 401k 
and withdraw some funds so I could get into my right perspective. What I need to tell the community is getting serious out here now. Some of y'all are splurging in the wrong places on the wrong things. It's getting real now. We got to cut back on our spending, our splurging. I know some of us want to floss. You know, our weaves, our nails, you know, our, our, our gaiters, our Nikes. You know, we want to splurge. There's nothing wrong with that. But right now, that's not going to do nothing for us in the next two years. Trust me. If you ain't in your right order, your right private order, y'all going to be in trouble. Now, they're not playing with us. And they realize we're starting to wake up a little bit. And that scares a lot of folks. Because, unfortunately, we are their biggest entities. And when they start losing profits, because we are the profits, because, like I told the community before, our tracking numbers, our socials, these birth certificates, all these things that are government-issued, state-issued, they have a tracking device. If you take the average brother or sister out here, king or queen, and you do the math on how many years we give the federal government, they already made a contract with all these other companies, these other countries, these other entities outside that says, listen, I got this citizen. I could get a million dollars off of them. If they give me 25 good years, I might be able to get more. Give them the houses. Give them the cars. Give them all these things. Surround them with all these things that they need at the moment. And we'll keep them in debt. It's not about about being in debt, community. It's about surviving. We are the survival. We are the, the surviving communities. You look through the history. You look through our ancestors. The creator made us to survive and to conquer all that we put our hands to. When they took us out of this bondage, so they claim they did, because we still bonded. We're still bonded. We're still bonded by contract. We're still bonded by terms. We're still bonded by the very things that we despise each and every day when we wake up. But the thing about it is, it's not choices. It's not decisions. It's a conscious thought of, are you going to stay in that situation or are you going to come out? Some of y'all, y'all know what y'all doing. You know what you're doing. Every week when you get paid, you like, I got to pay this bill. I got to pay this. I got to do this. Cut back. As long as you owe them, you will never go broke. Okay? If you pay $100 for the bill, you know what? Send them 60 Send 20 to the next one. Send, buy a piece of gold. Buy a piece of silver. You can afford. If you get 10 of y'all and you all invest together, y'all can do this. When you go to the supermarkets, instead of going shopping for your family, why don't five of y'all on the block get together and get some packages? Why don't you buy some more newspapers and start cutting those coupons out so you can save a couple of pennies? See, it's getting real out here, community. And if y'all don't know, the writing was on the walls a long time ago. Now that they realize we're starting to be economically conscious and socially conscious, they changing the games and the rules. For the queens, I would like to say this. 
Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day. All those that still have women in your lives, living, honor your queens. But queens, I got this for you to say, for me to say this to you. Check yourselves. All that's going on right now, the distractions, the timeout, whatever, all that's going, all of y'all coming out the closet, this is some serious matters coming out right now. Don't call wolf when you partake in the foolishness that was going on. If you did the things to do to get to the levels you at and you didn't get to the levels, it's not that brother only. You played a part in your foolishness. Check yourselves. Look at yourselves. Correct yourself and walk in the proper status that you're supposed to be in, queens. Kings, make sure if you see a queen falling, pick her up and put her on the right path. And queens, you do the same for your your kings. Peace, community. Peace, all out. I will get back to you by Monday because we got some business to take care. Peace, brother. Peace, kings and queens. Peace, community. Peace, Sister Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. That's Sister Yvette, y'all. She's like the big sister of the foundation. So. She my big sister. She your big sister. Y'all call me big brother So I got a big brother Yusuf. I got a big sister Zach. And you know, as always, you know, all y'all my family. But you know, that was sister Yvette. She always brings it. I'm gonna go to the next caller. 718-210-718-210. Peace. What's your name? We you call hey. Her? hey, what's up, Soel? This is me, Dara. How you, how you doing? I'm all right. How you doing? Hey, everything's all right. I'm all right. I'm thinking about something new. Uh, maybe everybody want to do that, too, because when they work, um, we're taking care of them, but I feel they need to take care of us as equally. And if they don't take care of me, I can always, like, bail out and say, look, I'm going to be home uh, while your textiles is taking care of me, laughing at you that you have to go to work five days a week and only have two days to get it right. So I think they not. I think they don't cooperate with me and give me my schedule I want, because they don't want me to stay home laughing at them, living off their tax dollars. But maybe they don't care. But a lot of times we're not working. They always think that the tax dollars is taking care of you. But anyway, um, you all right, though, El? Oh yeah, I'm perfect. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm just I'm just doing things differently. That you know, I'm just thinking differently. That, you know, so either they give me my schedule that I want, I'm going to stay home, relax, and handle my business. Because I've been handling their business for so long that I think they, I don't think they want me to stay home. I think they want me to stay there working and only having two days to myself like they do. But anyway, um, peace and love to you and your family, everybody out there. I'm going to let you take the next caller. All right, family, peace and love to you, man. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Uh, all right, definitely. Peace and love to you. All right, we got about 10 seconds left in the broadcast. You ain't going to call. Fingers ain't that fast. Next caller, what we got here? 205-0377. This might be Copper Tone. Yes, indeed. You already know the superconductor. Would it be peace to the gods, peace to the creator, peace to the ancestors, peace to everybody on the platform. Indeed, what it is, brother, how you been doing? 
Oh, man, everything's perfect, man. How are you? Ah, uh, indeed. You already know Jewel's coming down. The solar return was last week, so I'm feeling refreshed, renewed, rebirthed, you know? So, uh, yeah, definitely got some things coming down. Got some company coming down as well, and uh, got some family who, who, you know, looking into setting up setting up some business and contracting. So, uh, this is going to be beautiful. Uh, I am definitely going to be... Uh, Giving sending out some emails and whatnot. I'm gonna hit you up because I'm I'm gonna need to uh, consult, brother, because it's this is what I've been actually waiting upon to galvanize a few heads as well. So this energy that I've been, you know, what I'm saying, uh, constructing for for the past few, you know, what I'm saying, is coming together now. So it's truly beautiful, and uh, you're definitely instrumental in all that takes place, brother. So uh, be looking out for me. You know, what I'm saying, I'm just giving thanks. We still in the study. You know, we we into into the civics. We definitely into you know what I'm saying extra the uh, the heat and the air. You know what I'm saying the thermodynamics. You know what I'm saying and uh you know we definitely putting it, putting the work together and then we can go here. Everybody can contract, meet up. You know what I'm saying, write it off, enjoy ourselves, take care of our families, secure the estate. You know what I'm saying, grow grow the estate, grow the assets. You know what I'm saying and and, and actually utilize and define what true trust and love is. True trust is what love does. You see what I'm saying? If you really trust them, you're protected, secure, and preserved. So you better pass it on. So that's what we learned from the foundation. You know what I'm saying? And we, we, we actually, you know what I'm saying, we put that out there like this. So uh, we're looking at Hope and Build down here in the Magic City. You know, create some Magic City commerce. And then get you down here as well, brother. So we probably can do a small, you know what I'm saying, presentation where I just say do a thorough presentation to certain ones who are willing to invest. You know what I'm saying as well. So it's beautiful. Uh, we'll head ahead together. The level of interest is here. And uh, thank you once again, brother, for everything that you do. You know what I'm saying? Salute to you and yours. And, uh, you know, we give thanks to the foundation. You know, and I say that and digress. Peace. Oh, yeah. Peace, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Looking forward to it. I'll talk to you soon, man. Enjoy your week. Yes, sir. Indeed. Enjoy your peace. Indeed. You too. Peace. All right, all right. Man, I hope it's my brother Brian from the Bay. How you doing, man? How you doing? Hey, peace, family. How you doing? All right. Uh, just enjoying the show, I guess. Just, uh, you know, uh, I feel like I'm about to lose my mind. You're making me feel like I'm the world comes to the end, man. <laughs> Nah, I'm not with you. But, uh, yeah, man. He's like, oh my God, man. Come to the end. Nah, I'm fine, man. You just telling the truth. That's all you're doing. You're just telling people, look, uh, this is going down. And it, it makes sense, you know, because, uh, if you know that these people's energy, you know, they create all this stuff without even thinking. And, 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 you know, the people like me and you, you know, we sit up here, don't even realize we just create this just weird stuff. You see people just mimicking children online. So you see people doing stuff with their energy, but they're not learning how to take that energy to make it be into something that can actually, you know, benefit them and not having um, Federal Reserve notes to your ear, you know, like like you talking to them. So, you know, that's why you're saying, like, look, look and go, look and that looking, you're, you know, looking something that you know people are going to want later on because nostalgia is a big thing. 
And I also believe, in, you know, this is my opinion, that this is what happens when you don't, you know, think about yourself, you know, because people are out here just not thinking about taking care of themselves. You know, they want somebody to do all the other stuff that they don't want to do. So, therefore, you're going to rely on somebody. These people who are these billionaires and all this stuff, these families that know the stuff, the foreign families, why they got to take care of you? You know, fine. You want me to take care of you? I'm gonna feed you stuff that ain't beneficial to you. I'm gonna um, have these artists talk about stuff that ain't all of this a distraction. And these people that we put in front of you, we gonna we gonna these people gonna be on the payroll because they get that's what they get paid to do, dunk a ball or whatever. So you gotta realize that's why we having you know special us. A lot of us is getting you know we're like why are we getting kicked out of these stores and why are we getting shy and stuff because that's the I think is the universe telling you you need to take responsibility yourself and step up and start creating these um businesses and start utilizing your energy to create real money. You know, 'cause I, I'm taking risk, you know, when I'm trying to, you know, uh make better moves and one thing I feel like people need to do is uh look at sometimes the people you are close with, you know even if it's your family or your friend or somebody that you trust, you know, if you can't afford to be by yourself, maybe you should live with them while you build up or work with people that want to build with you. And then y'all contract with each other or, you know, make a deal with each other. Look, we're going to put this much to buy this property and then we'll live here or, you know, do this much to put into something that might give y'all more money. Cause there's a lot of people who have it. And that's what I'm doing in my house. I'm trying to work with my family, my mother, and my sister, and we just were trying to work as a unit, and that's why I think it is. The individual has to die, and like I said, it takes a village to raise a child, but it takes people to make the village. So we need to start thinking like a village and stop thinking like these individuals that they want us to be. You know, they all these people are like villages. All these families, they love those names, and they might hate each other. They might dislike each other, but they going to keep each other there because they'd rather trust that person than somebody else that they might have – you know, ooh, I like this person, but I don't trust them with my, my energy, you know, the real money or whatever. So, you know, we got to stop letting these these ideas from the Europeans, which they got the ideas from us in general. You know, when you were talking about studying about the Romans, I'm like, why not? You study all this stuff because how they got where they at. They studied from your, your ancestors, and then they flipped it on them, and it's time for us to study from them because they study from us, or not us, but the ancestors before us. And, you know, now it's time for us to flip them back because they can't hide the information. That's why they're having all, they having all these people just saying random stuff. But people need to stop worrying about the little madness that's out there and start worrying about what can I do to protect me and my family. So and that's one thing I can say. That's what I'm trying to do right now, make decisions as a collective, not an individual, as a unit. So... That's it, my man. I agree, man. Keep making moves forward. Let's all keep making moves forward. And, um, you know, one of the main things that I want to say is, you know, we all working. Whether you work a job or you contracting or whatever you're doing, hustling or whatever. You know, we all working. And we need to get into the habit of paying ourselves first. Paying our last name first. Paying our estate first. And then, you know, paying these outside entities, these credit card companies, these gas companies, 
so on and so forth. And I think that would be a great initial, you know, transition in thought. It's just, you know, getting to the point where we're paying ourselves. But we got to keep moving. We got to keep working. We got to keep making it happen. And, um, yeah, man, keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, let's meet back here next time on the foundation. I appreciate you calling in. And um, I'm going to call. actually call me tomorrow at noon your time because you, our time zone is too, too different. It's so fine, man. I was going to call. I was gonna call. I was gonna say I was gonna try to worry about. I was gonna tell you. I was gonna uh, try to call you tomorrow at, at even early in the morning. It doesn't matter, you know. I was gonna try to call you, you know. So yeah, just call me when you're ready. And let's All get, right. uh, let's get this messed up. But uh, thanks for calling in, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow, man, and uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate what you do, man. Keep doing it. My right, peace. And that's it. I'm gonna wrap it up. Appreciate y'all. Um, ultimately, ultimately, when it comes down to it, we need to be responsible. We need to take responsibility, and we need to understand what we're doing. We understand the difference between public and private. The difference between, you know, currency and money. The difference between ass, uh, assets that appreciate and assets that depreciate. And we need to start making better decisions. Uh, I really feel like, you know, this stuff is, you know, it's, it's winding up. I've been watching this stuff for a while. You know, I've been really interested in money and how money works and capital controls and stuff like that for a long time. And I've been watching this for a while and I've never been more convinced that it's coming than I have in the last couple, honestly, couple months. And I don't want to spook anybody out. You know, what is what happened? Uh, Silver went up to like $60, $70 an ounce during that, what they called a great recession in 2007 to 2009. So if it's, you know, if it's $16 now and it goes up to $60, you can get your hands on some stuff and, and, and hedge yourself against this currency and what may or may not happen with this currency. You're going to be fine. It doesn't take a lot. Um, just you know, make your position, continue to create your position, or start your position. And you know, at the very least, I know you know we accept excuses for ourselves and others all the time, but there's no excuse for this. You've heard it, and if you're anything like me, once you know, you can't do it. It's like uh, you know, I'm walking on a bridge or something, and I know that this this part right over here is it's gonna fall. Someone's gonna it's gonna fall. That's gonna break. And I see three people walk on it, and it doesn't break. And then I walk on it, it's going to break, because I knew it was going to break. So if you're anything like me, that's how it works. And if you're not, maybe you are, and you haven't recognized that, you know, and that's probably why you're dealing with a lot of stuff that you're dealing, because you knew better, because I knew better, because we know better. So let's just do better. With that being said, I want to thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for everything that all of you have given me the entire time I've been on High Frequency Radio Network. Whether it was with the vault or the foundation I appreciate you, anyone that I've met at an event Anyone that I've done business with uh, So on and so forth I'm going to tell you this, you know uh, I don't want to be like, you know I'm about to be out of here And I'm gone But there's definitely uh, An expiration date With regards to So L and the foundation And um, 
I just want to do everything I can to put everyone in the in the best position that you could possibly be in, and and provide my assistance to help you achieve that as quickly as possible. I deal with people every day, you know. I deal with those who, you know, they know what they need to do, and then they start doing it, and then they allow life and you know the excuses that they have in their mind. To have them stop Whereas me If I'm going to do something I don't care I'm going to sell my car Quit my job I might even slap my mama You know Just to get it done I'm just playing about The slap my mama part But you understand what I'm saying And it's Are you willing to make a sacrifice And do you even understand What sacrifice means So it's like How bad do you want it How bad do you need it But As far as I'm concerned If you hear what I'm saying And you understand The vibrational frequency That I'm pushing out This evening it's urgency and nothing else because I can't I don't have enough to support everybody and I don't want to fight you over what I have and what you don't or your family but I will to protect mine and take care of mine and that's that's the sentiment around everywhere you know so each one teach one and you be the soap in your neighborhood or the use of hell in your neighborhood and we'll keep it moving. I love you. I appreciate you. I really do. Anything you need from me, just let me know. You can email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. You can contact me via welcometothefoundation.com. And those trustees, you have my number. Call me, text me. You know what it is. I'm never too busy to help. I, I gained so much joy out of helping people. More than I gained out of making a bunch of money when I used to. You know, it's just very fulfilling rewarding experience that I'm able to partake of and I really want to appreciate uh, say that I appreciate and thank you for being a part of it but make sure you check out welcome to the foundation.com make sure you email me admin at welcome to the foundation.com make get into the trusty training I, I can't even play anymore can't even play anymore trusty training get into it hit me up ask me about it I'll tell you about it make it happen you're not going to get the real deal nowhere else. Hands on. Have my personal phone number. I answer the phone. All the materials, everything you need. You can call me when you're in the bank opening the account. And I I got people who will tell you, like, yep, so to answer the phone. And I put them on the phone with the banker. And this happened, this happened, or this happened. That's what trustee, that's a part of trustee training. You're not going to find trustee training anywhere else, I can guarantee. Because what I created is what I wish was available when I was coming up, when I was just starting to wake up, when I was just starting to look and try to figure out what's going on. And I had to wade through all this BS, bull crap that wasted my time and didn't help me or add any food to my table or any gold to my holdings. So that's what I offer. Hit me up, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. If you're doing business credit, you want to start your business, you want to uh, you know, understand the nuances of establishing the profile, if you want to understand how to classify your business, your LLC, whatever, your any corporate entity, I'm cold with them. On a federal level, on the state level, you know, help you get into contact with professionals in your area that can help you move forward, enrolled agents, tax preparers, uh, you know, tax attorneys, so on and so forth. This is legit 100%. It's contract, baby. Let's get to moving and quit playing. Admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Welcometothefoundation.com. Take care of yourself. Be good to yourself. Treat yourself. Do something nice for yourself this week. 
I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. All the mothers. All the mothers. Happy Mother's Day. Enjoy it. I'll catch you next Wednesday here on, um, you know, the foundation. And with that being said, y'all enjoy your week. Um, anybody hit me up if you need anything. Y'all know what it is. Uh, if you're not in it, get into the trustee training. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy yourself. Love yourself. Peace to the God. Doing this thing all the way live. High frequency radio.